Welcome to the Jane Bond Show, from execution to excellence. And I am your host, Jane Bond, the serial entrepreneur who will be sharing with you valuable life lessons and interviewing influencers from around the country who are breaking through to success, along with giving you advice on navigating through the game. Today, our topic is Millennial Mogul in the Making. Our special guest is our youngest interviewee to join us on From Execution to Excellence, and we are proud to have him on the show. He shares with us how he was told by his now former manager that he could never and would never become a designer in front of customers and colleagues. But this young man took it in stride and decided to dream big and not go home. He also talks about his challenges of being a young black man in a city that is predominantly white, making a name for himself in the fashion industry. Without any further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my special guest and designer, Mr. Peter Jean-Marie. Hey, Peter. How are you, young man? Hey, Jane. I'm alive. I'm here. How you doing? I'm great. I'm alive, too. I'm alive and kicking. (laughs) Good. So, you know, Peter, we're going to dive right in because we have a lot of questions to ask you. You're our first very young interviewee that we have on from execution to excellence, and I think you're doing a great job of breaking through to success. So why don't we get started here? Peter, tell us a little bit about growing up in Florida. I know you were born in Pompano, but then you moved. So let's start there. Correct. Um, Yeah, so I was born in Pompano Beach, uh, moved from that city, like, from from about two years old. Mom moved me to Naples, Florida, uh, wanting a better city to, you know, raise a child. And, you know, growing up in Naples, Florida has been uh, a great experience, Um, you know, being surrounded by mostly white people. But, you know, not just any kind of people, but, you know, I was growing up with manners, being polite, uh, great education, and uh, my mom, uh, single mother, um, three other siblings, always worked hard, um, had about three different jobs. So I've always been, you know, that child who, you know, had uh, been to school, been to different school events, different uh, like activities and not have my parents there to like support me. So growing up has been very independent. Um, I put it that way. So being as independent as you are, what were some of the challenges you faced um, being alone a lot? And when I say alone, not in a negative sense, meaning that your mom was working, supporting you, and I'm sure you were secured, but what was it like not having the support at the activities, and um, just moving forward, you know, as a young man in Naples, Florida. Because, of course, Naples, Florida, we all know that Naples, Florida is um, not so diverse when it comes to people of color like you and myself, but exactly. you are able to flourish here yeah. um, because of the, your surroundings. Tell us a little bit about that. What were your challenges like? Um, all right. So my challenges were very um, – it had to do with uh, mostly with character, um, how I handled things, uh, you know, mentally. Um, 
you know, not having my mom there all the time and not being able to do certain things due to my mother not being able to support me um, because she always had to work. It's been very challenging, but it also made me um, stronger. It made me want uh, to do things, like, by myself, uh, becoming very, very independent as far as putting myself in, like, you know, different sports activities, putting myself in, you know, music activities, it's been very, it's been a very, very independent road. I, I've learned how to be independent. Okay. Well, this, I mean, being independent at a young age, and, you know, I want to tell the audience, uh, Peter is 23 years old. So, yes, he's a young man, and we're having a conversation with him about breaking through to success. Uh, being independent, Peter, as a young man in Naples, how do you find yourself navigating through getting to where you want and your heart desires? I find myself uh, doing very, very well. Um, it's pretty crazy how, you know, I see myself as an independent child because growing up, my mom always told me, learn to depend on yourself, stop depending on me. And could you imagine, you know, telling a, a young teenage boy that, uh, you know, being a mom, telling your son, learn to depend on yourself and stop depending on me, especially when you don't have a, you know, a father figure in your life. Um, but it's been very, 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 very successful so far. Uh, I've learned how to not rely on people too much. Um, when I needed something, I went out and got it. Um, I didn't wait, you know, for people. I didn't always try and seek the help, but I went out and, you know, I found the sources. I used what I had. I used um, the small, the little things that I had and, simply, you know, work my way up and use them to my best advantage as far as, you know, financially. Um, I always made the best of everything, the best of the little that I had and the best of the most that I had. Well, you know, they say when you are independent, it only makes you stronger because you find your way. And I take my hat off to your mom because, you know, to tell you to depend on yourself and stand on your own two feet is something that you uh, – should tell a young man growing up, especially a young African-American man that, you know, a uh, young black man that is out here on his own in a city like Naples. Correct. Because Naples could be overwhelming. I mean, you have nothing but wealth here. Wealth is all around you, everywhere you go, so you can't do anything but inspire. I mean, but be inspired and um, want to, to be more, be bigger, exactly. be better. And I think that's a great thing, you know, even though we are here and it, there is not much diversity where we have access, which I think is even better. Correct. Sometimes. So tell us about your modeling career. I know you were modeling and, you know, when I saw you, I saw a lot of uh, beautiful photographs of you and billboards, um, so to speak, that you have standing billboards. Um, where your business is. Tell us a little bit about that, how you got into modeling. Correct. Um, so I was about, I was 15 years old at the time, had interest in becoming a model. I used to, I was a child who grew up watching Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, and, you know, watching these kids my age be happy and simply enjoying their lives. And, uh, and I was like, you know what, I want to, you know, be on TV one day. I want to work my way up. So I want to be a model. And, here in my uh, curious 
a young teenager on the Google search engine, Googling up uh, different modeling agencies around the area. And I could, there, there, there wasn't any, you know, big names around Naples, Florida. And I came across one that was in Boca. Uh, you know, simply made a phone call, a uh, small teenage boy saying, hey, I want to be a model. What do I have to do? And then they're like, come with your parent. We're going to interview you. You may have to come two or three times. You'll have to give you a test shoot, so on and so on. And we went on with that, went to Boca, went to about two different interviews, had test uh, photo shoots. And from there, uh, it was a natural thing for me, you know, being behind the camera. Um, I was very, very photogenic. Um, I've always been that kid in the family who, you know, love expressing themselves and, you know, clothing and all. Yeah, and, because uh, you're pretty animated in your photographs. I love it. You have a lot of energy in your photographs. Thank which you. Which is thank great. You. Yeah. And so you there, were learning um, to network early. <laughs> exactly. It, it, yeah, it's weird. It's like something I was just uh, born with. Um, uh, like you said, uh, I was able to network early. So what was one of your first campaigns or a big campaign you might you had that you want to share with us? So my first major campaign was with Gap. And right after Gap, I started, you know, uh, I was given local modeling jobs um, as far as me being in Naples and not being able to travel much because my mother was always working. So I was very limited to, you know, um, to certain modeling jobs. So it became, uh, you know, a bit, a little, a little uh, discouraging. It slowed down a bit. Um, so lots of local, uh, lots of local jobs. But Gap was definitely the first uh, major one. Great, great. And from that experience, what did you learn? From that experience, I simply learned how to, you know, simply relax myself. Uh, how to. Uh, being being told what to do, being able to work with the photographer, uh, do this, do that. I want you to, <laughs> I want you to pose like this, and uh, and being behind the camera, uh, I never thought it would take at least two to three hours just to take, just to take uh, two to three different photos uh, for an ad campaign. Uh, so I've learned patience. I've learned how to work with different people. Uh, you know, from different backgrounds and all, and, you know, just simply be myself. So you're saying, you're, what you're saying is you learn to take direction. Correct, correct. Which is fantastic because a lot of people don't know how to take direction, especially a young person coming up, you know, today. And I think that's a wonderful thing. You, today you guys, meaning the youth of today, you have a lot of access that we didn't have as when we were coming up because the Internet has just blown up. So yes. you can get on the computer, like you said, and Google whatever you need to find that resource, which is a wonderful thing. So when people tell me, you know, they can't figure something out or they can't find it, I mean, Google is your friend. <laughs> exactly. Google is definitely your friend. So let's fast forward a little bit. After pursuing modeling and um, you decided to go into design and was design your first love? Because design. modeling you kind of stumbled on. You, you felt like, from what I'm hearing from you, you felt like you saw these young people having fun, looking like they were, you know, enjoying life, and you wanted to be that person in the picture, which I think is fantastic because now you are actually 
looking at yourself saying, that's the life that I like to have, which is a very big start for someone because a lot of people can't visualize that life. Or when they do visualize it, they don't know how to get to it. But you actually went out there and started looking exactly. for that, finding that resource, networking as a young man. So Correct. tell us about that next step. Um, yeah, so design wasn't my first love. It was actually uh, modeling for sure. So um, I mentioned how um, modeling jobs, I was very limited to them due to the area I was living in and due to my mom always working and all and not being able to, you know, go and go out and act, go out after these gigs. So um, one day um, I just, uh, it came across my mind and I was like, you know what, I'm going to be my own model. I'm going to start my own brand and I'm going to profit both ways. I'm going to be, it's going to be something that I'll be doing, you know, it won't be a job, but simply something that I'll be doing that I enjoy. So, okay. Um, so the following year, um, I started uh, Googling, you know, design schools, different design schools around the area, and I came across one that was in Miami and, you know, made a few phone calls, um, got a few directions here and there, submitted a few designs, and I was accepted to the design school by my junior year of high school. And, okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, from and, there... And uh, you- yeah, from there, uh, I was uh, set to start my design career by uh, being accepted to that school. Fantastic. So, and how did you navigate through that once you were in design school? Because I'm sure it was a step after design school, you know, and I'll ask you that question. That'll be a segue into my next question for you. So tell us about being at design school. What was that like for you? Being at design school was a great experience. It was uh, the school that I attended. It was a private school, so I I missed out out of uh, you know lots of the college experiences like uh, you know parties, being a part of fraternities. My school didn't have that. It was all strictly business, uh, being professional. Um, I was a student that wore a suit every single day, um, and uh, I've learned one of the major things that I received from the school was simply networking. Uh, I was taught that it's not about what you know, but it's about who you know. And, and, don't, and don't forget, don't forget who likes you. <laughs> correct, correct, and who likes you. So being at design school, I was meeting lots of people. But at the same time, um, I was in the challenge. It's funny how you mentioned the don't forget who likes you. I was in between the uh, I was in between not knowing who liked me and who and who did not, and me actually you know meeting professionals. Uh, so it was very very uh, challenging. Um, but as far as networking, I was uh, I was great at it. It was my thing. Okay, so after design school, how did you start? your business? How did you get into the business? Not, not, I know you opened up your store, and I want you to, we're going to digress a little bit here. Tell people exactly what you do. So I'm a menswear, women's wear designer. Um, I currently specialize in just neckties and bow ties, just to start out with. Um, but I am a young designer who simply started his own label, working to become, um, working to becoming a major label uh, as far as offering different products from suits, 
T-shirts, um, in other words, just casual clothing for both men and women. So how did you come up with your brand? So um, while in design school, uh, I first got my national recognition at the Miami International Mall. Uh, I joined this competition where I had to create a dress out of candy, and I myself chose to use chocolate, create a dress out of chocolate. And I <laughs> used those. Sweet. Chocolate that, yeah. <laughs> um, the chocolate that I used was Ferrero Rocher or Ferrero Rocher, mm-hmm. however you want to pronounce it. Um, I used that chocolate uh, to, to, create a, to create the dress, which consisted of the wrappers, spray, um, the chocolate itself. Oh, Roger. Uh, Roger. Yes, yes, correct. Okay. And um, had it displayed at the mall, and, you know, people were just coming, taking pictures, like, wow, how did he do that? And I had, you know, little kids trying, you know, to eat off the dress. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, just, it was just unbelievable. And um, from that day, I, re- I won the competition. Uh, the dress got sent to a museum. It was displayed at the school and on social media. Uh, on Twitter, I was using at the time posted a picture, and people, they were just amazed. It was like, oh, wow, who is that kid? How did you do that? So, like, from that point, I started, you know, creating a name for myself, building, uh, building a name for myself, Peter Jean-Marie. And uh, right, after, right after the uh, chocolate dress, um, I started creating a line of blazers, and for each blazer, I would take, a, take pictures of them, start using my modeling skills, posting them onto Instagram, and I was receiving positive feedbacks from, you know, millennials my age saying, hey, can I get one of these? Uh, can you make me one just like this? Or, hey, can you come out to our school and, you know, give us a little fashion show, showcase your designs? And from there, I started doing one fashion show uh, after another at different universities, and I started, you know, becoming a little well-known within the college society. And people, okay. people started knowing my name, Peter Jean-Marie. Uh, I had my logo in line, my little nice display, banners and all. And right after uh, design school, I graduated last year of spring, 2018, worked retail for about three to five months and decided that, you know, I'm just going to start. I may not have every single wardrobe that I want, or need to start a brand, but I'm going to simply just start with ties just to continue my marketing, my branding, and building my name. That's fantastic. You know, it, it's, a, it's amazing that you realize I'm just going to start because a lot of people don't just start. It's important to start because once you put one foot in front of the other, guess what? The other, you know, you follow. You keep moving forward. You start moving the goalposts. So I, I think that's fantastic. So did you have any pushback when you were working retail? How did you decide to actually leave retail and um, go on your own? So um, being in retail, um, it's taught me a lot, clienteling and all. And the only pushback that I had was just simply being told that I, you know, being ordered that I had to work five days a week. And I would work literally from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And by the time I was out, 
you know, everything was closed. It was late. I was tired, and I didn't have enough time to, you know, do the things that I normally do, like creativity, sketching, making clothing. I was very limited to these things. And um, it came to one day where, you know, I decided that, uh, um, I decided that, you know, this place wasn't for me. Like, I, I'm a hands-on person. I'm not just a person who simply sells clothes and builds clientele, but I'm a creativity kind of guy. And I came to a day where I was like, I told the manager, I was like, you know, it was the middle of my, sh- uh, I was in the middle of my shift. I said, hey, you know what? I'm not happy here. I thank you for the opportunity, but I'm ready to go. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pursue and continue my career as a designer. And the only reason why they had um, hired me was simply because I had design background. I went to design school. And then the manager kind of like, you know, he tried to uh, discourage me to not leave uh, the job. He was saying, he was, he was saying, look, look, Peter, you can't, you can't, you can't just leave. Like, first of all, you're not a designer. In order for you to be a designer, you need to be selling your clothes within our store. And, you know, nor will you ever be one. And, like, you know, you're, you're doing well here. You're a sales associate. I don't see why you have to leave. And then... So he outright this, told you you would never be a designer. Correct. And this wasn't something That's that... <laughs> yeah, this wasn't something that he did in private, but he did that, you know, in public. You know, I had, like, a few customers around me, and I had my coworker who was about four feet away from me. And then it was like, you know, not only did he try to embarrass me, but he tried to, like, you know, discourage me, brainwash me into thinking that, and you know. shame I was, you out of your dream. Correct. And make me feel like I was nothing more than a sales associate. And I myself, you know, being a young black man in Naples working at a big, big uh, retail chain store, uh, not not going to, you know, mention the name of the, uh, the store or anything. But, you know, I had to simply, you know, just calm myself, act professionally, uh, you know, didn't talk back or anything because, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young black man who, like, literally the only one that works within the big, the big chain store. So, you know, I have to, I'm, a, I'm a representing a culture. And anything, like, anything that's off, whether, whether it's your character or, you know, your behavior, everything that um, goes off the road, they could use that against you, like, you know, like, these kind, this kind of person, you know, they just crazy, like, they don't know how to act right. in public. So he wanted to magnify in front of people that you wouldn't be no more than a retail salesperson. Correct, And you correct. had enough you had enough respect for yourself and understanding that you didn't have to be the angry black young man. Exactly. And go back at it and walk exactly. out. I love Correct. it. I love it. I think your dreams are amazing, and I know with your character and what you are doing and the way, we're ha- and the way this conversation is going from you, you're going to definitely get to where you want to be, and that's success. And we will support you. At all times here, on from execution to excellence, because that's what you're doing. You're executing everything you have inside of you to get to where you want. Bravo. Bravo, Peter. Thank you. 
So tell us about after leaving this chain, how did that unfold? So a month after leaving, um, well, it's funny. While I was um, working at the store, um, I, I wasn't just working just to work. I was doing, you know, my little background research, finding out where these clothings were being made, which factories and all that. And, you know, I was just connecting the dots, getting little small resources, asking questions while I was at the retail um, store. And right after I left, um, a month later, I had already released uh, my timeline, made a huge uh, announcement on Facebook, Instagram, and knowing that that's uh, a major thing for businesses right now, social media, uh, people were responding. They were very, very excited, lots of people. Uh, I was receiving lots of shares, lots of retweets. And within an hour, I was just getting orders after orders. It just was nonstop. And, um, I love it. So I, I released my brand on October 4th of 2018. And right after that month, I went on and opened my first pop-up shop on the Black Friday weekend of November. And I myself, who had, who had already processed the skills of networking, I did my little um, reaching out to news presses saying, hey, I want you to do a story for me. Are you interested? I really want you to do this. And from that point, I was just receiving, I started making, I started continuing uh, making a name for myself. Uh, the news people were, were there uh, making stories on me. Within two days, I had sold $2,000, over $2,000 worth of neckties and bow ties. And it started becoming a domino effect. I, I just continued. Um, I started hosting pop-up shops at different cities from Miami to Gainesville to Orlando. And the news press was just, you know, just covering the story. Um, they gave me a little nickname, Millennial Mogul in the, ma- in the Making. And... Um, and yeah, and you ran with that. Correct. I, I continued, and Sometimes. being a and being a recent college graduate, um, like you know, I pretty much uh, I put I put myself out there as a young man who's trying to build a brand, but not only am I like you know trying to build a brand, but I'm actually you know I'm profiting off of it. I'm exercising. Uh, being a young millennial who's chasing his dreams. And I did little things such as, you know, traveling across the country or across the state, you know, in audition for, like, stuff like Shark Tank and all. And Oh, that's right. Tell us about Shark Tank. I know you um, did go to New York, I believe it was, for yes, Shark Tank? Yes. yes. Okay. And you spoke uh, to someone at Business Insider. Correct, correct. You're just um, a little networker. Can I adopt you? <laughs> yes, yes, you may. <laughs> You're like, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> um, and, oh, I forgot to say this at the very beginning, but um, I just want to thank you for having me on this podcast. Uh, it is very, very encouraging, and I simply feel uh, very, very honored to be on the podcast alongside different other big names, so thank you. No, oh, thank you. You, you. It's listen. It's well deserved. I'm loving thank our you. conversation. I'm loving that you're 23 and that you know exactly what you want out of life and that you're going for it. And that's what's important to just go for it. 
Just, you yep. know, throw it, throw, you know, throw your, your ring in, you know, into the sky and let it land where it's supposed to. You have to. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm here, um, I'm out here in Naples, and I came across, you know, Shark Tank. I'm here, like, at my overtime, my overnight job. I'm watching TV, and I see Shark Tank, uh, Damon John over here uh, alongside Lori and Kevin O'Leary investing into people. And I'm just sitting down saying, hmm, you know what? I'm going to try out for Shark Tank. And... I'm just simply taking chances, you know, being young out here. I know that I started my business, but I'm going to continue to take chances, see how far can I go. I'm flipping the coins no matter what. And Absolutely. And um, I came across the very, very last audition of the year, and the very, very last one was being held in New York. And I get to New York, and uh, I'm at the building. I forgot what the name of the building was, but there's a long line, a super, super long line. And, you know, I'm in a busy city, of, and there's so many businesses in New York and so many people trying to make it in a fast-paced city. And here I am at a, from a small time, Naples, Florida, and it's like there's no way that um, I don't know how, how am I going to even make it on this show. So, uh um, I get in the line. We're given bracelets, wristbands, separated into groups. Like there's a, there was at least 500 people per group. There's about like at least eight different groups, and we're given times to come back to the building. And there's three rounds, and here I'm here am I at the first round. You're given you're given 15 to 30 seconds to shoot your pitch. You're either impressive and entertaining. You either have good numbers. Like, you know what I mean? You got 15 to 30 seconds to impress the pre-judges. And there's about five, five different judges, tables set out, and these people were, were, like, shooting our pitch at the same time. Like, you know what I mean? Just thousands of people. So you got to hurry up, 15 to 30 seconds. And I finally go on, pull out my little posters, all of the news press articles that I've been receiving, you know, showing the pre-judges who I was and everything, and I, I went and sh- I went and gave out my pitch, and you know the lady behind the desk she was just smiling, um, all smiles and you know her eyes were like pretty huge and all, and you know she was just happy, and I, I sensed a little you know a little good vibe between me and her, and two weeks some good energy oh, flowing, <laughs> correct correct, and a week later. Um, a week later, I'm at the airport, um, ready to head back to Naples. I receive a phone call from preacher, and she says, "Hey, Peter, congratulations! Um, out of you know, all of these thousands of people, I think it was about thirty thousand people who auditioned for the year. I'm not sure, um, but out of all of these numbers, you made the 100, and we are happy to tell you that you know that you've been chosen to move on to the second round." And Fantastic. Yes, so it was very, very encouraging knowing that I made the top 100 out of all of these people from New York, from Florida, because, you know, they're always hosting these auditions. And it made me, I, I just very, very felt confident. And I was submitted into the video 
uh, round, the introduction round, where I'm t- like, where I have a um, a camera in front of me, and I'm just simply talking about myself and my business. And I went on and did that, um, did the simple steps and all. And not to mention, uh, I'm, I'm not the first to create a tie line or. I wasn't going to be the first to go on to Shark Tank and shoot a pitch about neckties and bow ties and all. So it's already been done. Um, but all I know is that I made it. I made to the. I made it to the second round, um, which will. And which that's which what I mean, Peter, Correct. by moving the goal post. And not Correct. only that, listen. Just because you don't win at that moment and that time, that still doesn't mean you don't win. Exactly. Because you are winning. You are winning no matter what you say. And not only that, that gave you even more exposure. And for a brand to be known, it needs to be exposed. Exactly. So you're going in the right direction. Correct. And if not Shark Tank being on television, people are still looking at you and coming for you and wanting to support you. Yes. So, you know, when you think about things like that, definitely it's not a failure. It's just you know, one step closer to making it. Correct. So, and I love it. Yeah. You just dust, your, you dust yourself off and pull your bootstraps up and you keep marching. You go exactly. ahead. Correct. <laughs> okay. and, so now um, that you have your store, have you found yourself having any trials or tribulations with that, challenges, pushback from people, or is it a lot of positive feedback? I know you were in one space and you moved. You were moved, um, not voluntarily, to another yes. space. How did you feel about that, and what did that do? You know, as far as your your confidence was concerned, because you shared with me that you thought the other space was um, a little more open and available to the foot traffic. Yes. So uh, yes, the first space I was in was completely. It was much, much bigger, and, uh, you know, I had already been exposed uh, to the news press on television at the spot that I was at. So I was already exposed that I was at that space, and as soon as all of that was all over, um, you know, the mall manager came up to me and saying, hey, we had to move you. There's another company that came and offered to pay twice more than what you're paying, so we're going to have to move you to another space. And I myself, I felt a little, um, like, I felt a little, um, <laughs> I, I was disturbed. I was disturbed. And once again, um, with all of the... You were discouraged, con- you said? No, dis- no, disturbed. Disturbed. Oh, disturbed. Okay. Yes. A little disappointed. Because it, yes, because it happened out of nowhere and everything. And okay. um, with all of the news press, that I've been, with all of the press that I've been getting, my confidence level, you know, was pretty much getting to a point where I was starting to have a little, a little ego. And, <laughs> and I couldn't, um, you know, get mad at the mall manager. I had to simply remember uh, where, you know, from, like, where was I at? Where did I come from? And simply, you know, not overreact due to this change that I was happening. So I had to simply find the positivity out of what may have seemed at the time uh, a negative situation. So I made the best out of it. I said, you know what, it's okay. 
I don't care if you give me two tables. Um, that's how I started out anyway. My supporters are going to come out and support me anyway. And I said, you know, just put me in front of the food court. Just give me two tables. I don't even care for a kiosk, for a cart. I don't care for any of that. I'll bring my tablecloths, my banners. I'll make the best out of every situation. And I went on in uh, the following week, switched spots. I went in front of, uh, I was moved to the food court, which is the most busiest, the most uh, position. Exactly. Correct. Um, that has the, the most foot traffic. And little did you know is um, myself, they picked up. They picked up much more. People were able to find me much easier, um, even though on some days I would get more people wanting to take pictures with me rather than uh, purchase an item. Um, the, the exposure was great. I was, I was being exposed. I was exposed in a much better position. I, I have to say, like I said to you when I saw you, I definitely like where you are now. I think it's more open. I think it's, more, it's bright. It's youthful. It, it lends to your brand. And I love that you, you know, said I had to make the best out of the situation. And I, I got a little disappointed. Um, you know, I, you'd recognize that you had a little ego playing there with you. And you just put all that to the side. And you said, you know what? I'm still going to move forward because I still want to win. You know, I, I love having this conversation with you, and I love your energy, and I love your positivity. And when people hear this interview, the young people out there, which I'm going to try and push it to all of them and anyone I can get to listen to it, I think they're going to gravitate to you even more. Because young people like yourself at this age, a lot of them don't think like this. A lot of them feel sheltered. They don't know which way to go. You are definitely an inspiration to your age bracket and older. I mean, I'm inspired by listening to you because I understand what this means. I know what it means to, to want bigger and better and having someone get in your way and stop you. But that's the part of being an entrepreneur. There will always be challenges. There will always be negativity. But you're what you want out of life and your mission has to be bigger. As long as the mission is bigger than the challenges, you will get through it. And if you remember Correct. that, trust me, you're going to break through this thing so big and you'll look back and you'll listen to this conversation, I hope, and say she was right because you yeah. have a lot of strength. You have a lot of inner strength in you, Peter, and all you have to do is keep the faith. Correct. Because no one will be able to stand in your way. You'll be unstoppable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so now things have been going better for you since you have moved to this new space, you're saying? Yes, things have been going much better. Uh, um, it's funny, um, um, I've been engaging with a whole lot more people. Um, knowing that I uh, went from a bigger space to a smaller space, um, Sometimes uh, uh, people will, like, you know, kind of laugh, and they'd be like, what happened, and all that. And I had a few spectators that, you know, um, that were, they had came up to me the first time when I was at the business place, you know, taking pictures, taking videos, trying to get me to be a part of their little vlog or whatever. And then when they had um, seen me go down to the smallest uh, space, um, the vibe kind of, 
the energy kind of changed. They're like, what happened? Um, they're, I was being mocked. They're asking me whether or not, like, was it too much money or not? They moved you here. Like, what happened and everything? So I, I no, they were, they were, they were reaching for the negative right away. Correct. I was being mocked, uh, laughed at, but from on the other side of the rainbow, um, you know, there's lots of coins flowing in, and they don't know that. <laughs> they don't understand that. You better tell them that. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so whether what like despite the feedbacks I've been receiving, um, like I said before, I always find the positive, the positivity out of you know, out of every situation. I love it. So, Peter, are you? I mean, I know you are are designing for men and young uh, teenagers and college students. Have you ever thought about designing for little babies, like, you know, five-year-olds? Because, you, you know, their parents always dress them up in ties and bow ties. That's, they look like men before they're 10. <laughs> but, yes. I, I mean, we love it, especially ladies. We love seeing that. Yes. Is um, that in the making for you at any time? Yes. I have recently uh, just started uh, thinking, considering uh, making a line, like making a children's line, um, as far I'd like to, I like my brand to be open to everyone. Um, I don't want it to be limited to anyone. And yes, I have uh, considered uh, creating a, a children's line. And also, you know, a lot of women. It depends on how you know confident they are and, and, and what industry they're in. They wear beautiful ties. Actually, I wore a tie last year this time to my event that I'm going to, and I thought it was a knockout. I thought it was a hit. I even did a fashion, sh- you know, shoot in it. And I Correct. had never worn a tie, a male tie, and it was my husband's tie. But it was, you know, a beautiful black and white silk uh, tie, and it went over well. Yes. So, you know, that's something to consider, too. Who knows? Maybe I'll come back by there and buy a tie and wear your tie <laughs> and see what it yes, feels I like. Actually, I actually have a confession to make. Um, my the majority of my customers are women. Um, I've had women uh, simply buy uh, the neckties for me for either two either two two reasons, either to support or for themselves. Like there's women, I've, I've had women who weren't in relationships that simply just bought a tie and they'd use it uh, to do a little, a little, um, they'd either like tied up in their hair. Um, I've seen women wear them like, you know, at the airport, and everything. Um, so, yes, uh, my neckties has so far been a hit uh, to the women. Fantastic. So, you know, um, I'm going to wrap this call up with you. I loved talking to you. Um, you. Like I said, you are definitely an inspiration, and I love that you are positive and your energy is way up there on the Richter scale. And I think as long as you keep this attitude, this personality, this energy. Don't let anybody stop you or get in your way. You become bigger, better, and much stronger. And always remember, you have to fight for what you want out here. You have to go out here and take it. And you are one that's connecting the dots at a very young age and pushing through. I have one question, one last question to ask you. What advice would you give someone like yourself or even a little older that wants to break through to success and move forward? 
what do you think they should be asking themselves on a daily basis? Uh, well, they should be asking themselves, who am I really as a person? Uh, what do I want? My advice to everyone um, my age or older is to be decisive, realize who you are, um, accept who you are, and simply be the best of who you are. Um, those are the three components of being great, and that's simply being yourself, which nobody can do better other than you. No one could be the better you than <laughs> you can already do. <laughs> right? I love you. I'm coming down there to adopt you right now. <laughs> so listen, I can't wait to have a conversation with you again and circle back with you and um, let our audience know who you are. So please, um, Peter, tell us, where can we find you? Where are you? What are your platforms, your social media platforms and handles that our audience can find you? So I'm all over Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Peter Jean-Marie. Uh, Jean-Marie is spelled J-E-A-N-M-A-R-I-E. And you can also find my contact info at PeterJeanMarie.store. Love it. Can't wait to talk to you again, Peter. And thank you so much for coming on from execution to excellence. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. We'll talk to you again. And look Have forward to it. Have a great day. Oh, me you too. too. Bye-bye. Me too. Bye. Bye-bye, Peter. Okay, guys, was that a great interview with that young man? Designer Peter Jean-Marie, he is one to definitely watch out for. He is absolutely a mogul in the making, a millennial mogul in the making. You guys can find Peter at Peter Jean-Marie on Twitter and at Peter Jean-Marie on Instagram. Check him out, follow him, and please give him all you got. That is support. Once again, from execution to excellence, I'm your host, Jane Bond, and do not forget to follow us, rate, write a review, and subscribe on iTunes to From Execution to Excellence. We'll see you next time.